0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Block Talk Radio.
1: The opinions and views expressed by the host and guest are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Blake Radio Network. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world, broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world, spreading the news and information.
0: BlakeRadio.com. Music for your mind, body, and soul.
1: Talk radio at its best. You're listening to Rainbow Soul BlakeRadio.com. This is Dr. Jennifer Daniels, and welcome to Healing with Dr. Daniels. It is Tuesday, February sixteenth, and it's six oh five p.m. Eastern Time. And today's title is: Is Web MD a Shill for Monsanto? You know, I got an email. I have to tell you, I got an email from an absolutely distraught individual saying, Dr. Daniels, Bobby Daniels, I can't believe you're using WebMD as a reference. You're just a show from Monsanto. Look at this website. Oh, my God. Okay. So, the reason that I use websites exclusively like WebMD, Medscape.com, National Library, Congress, NIH, CDC. It's because I want to demonstrate that even using information from the industry itself that's totally biased towards the industry, one can easily conclude that 880,000 Americans every year are dying as a result of medical care. So if I were to use... Information that was maybe balanced or biased against the industry, then one could say, "Well, Dr. Daniels, here's the information that's biased against the industry, and so what you're deciding is is unfair. It's it's, it's uncharitable, and you need to you need to give the, the the medical schools and the medical industrial complex the benefit of the doubt. So, in order to give them the benefit of the doubt, it is necessary." to, as much as possible, limit myself to their own data, using their data, their information. So that's why I quote articles from places like WebMD, like the New England Journal of Medicine, like the Journal of the American Medical Association. So all of these sources are sources that are actually created by the medical-industrial complex, censored by the medical-industrial complex. And really, advertising arms for the medical industrial complex. And so, let's take a look at WebMD. So the question then is: Is WebMD a shill? And to really get at that, you have to kind of uh, understand what, what what we mean by uh, you know a, a shill. So shill is an accomplice. Of a hawker, gambler, or swindler who acts as an enthusiastic customer to entice or encourage others. So that would be a shill. So the question is, is WebMD a shill for Monsanto? Okay, so is WebMD an accomplice to Monsanto? Um, Is WebMD acting enthusiastic in order to entice or encourage others? Now, if you've been uh, watching the medical literature, the medical literature has really come out in favor of uh, genetically modified uh, food and organisms as really a good thing. And so the whole medical industry is a shill for Monsanto. I mean, if you're going to believe that Monsanto does indeed possess that level of power. So, I think to think of WebMD as a shill for Monsanto is misleading because it implies that the rest of the medical industrial complex is not a shill for Monsanto. It implies that Monsanto and the medical industrial complex are somehow unrelated. This is not true. Uh, You know, Monsanto uh, used to own drug companies. So there's there's a pretty close, uh, you know, kind of hand-in-glove relationship here in terms of the industries. You know, uh, one industry makes them sick. The other industry treats them. If you'll notice, your doctor never uses the word cure because he's not allowed to. In medical school, we are told, you are not allowed to use the word cure. So... The, we have the pesticides, we have the food, we have the herbicides, hormones, antibiotics fed to the animals. People eat these things, these vegetables, these fruits, these animals that are contaminated. Or we drink water that's contaminated, we get sick, and what does the doctor say? Oh my God, you have an autoimmune disease. Let's give you steroids. Oh my God, you have got high blood pressure. Let's lower it. And so there's never any, at no point is poisoning, intoxication of the food, or intoxication of the environment ever pegged as the cause of a person's illness or a person's sickness. So this is a cover story. And so the whole medical industry is a shill, not only for Monsanto, but for anyone and everyone else, we might want to poison individuals either environmentally or through their food. So, WebMD is not necessarily a shield for Monsanto. They're, they're just partners. They're on the same uh, they're on the same page, so to speak. You know they are. Uh, you know it's, it's like a husband and wife, like a left hand and a right hand. They they work together. So, suggestion that um, WebMD might not be on the same side as Monsanto. I mean, that would be shocking. Of course, they're on the same side. They're 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 part of the same medical industrial complex. It's part of the same the same thing. So. To, to express shock or surprise that WebMD might uh, take a position that would be supportive of Monsanto, is, that's the shock. The shock is, is if they were on the different side. So let's take a look. This is a popular... Uh, a popular uh, site on the web that says WebMD, the latest show from Monsanto. Okay? And so the pharmaceutical industry's influence over WebMD has, of course, been evident for some time. Are you serious? Has it been evident? The pharmaceutical industry's influence has been evident? How could it not be there? The, the, the pharmaceutical industry shapes and molds the medical industrial complex. And WebMD is an organ of the medical industrial complex. Of course, of course, they would be supportive of you know, WebMD. Better information, better health. Let's take a look. I mean, you can't you can't miss it. So here we have a uh, a site. And this site has quizzes and advertisements that lead you to um basically consume more uh medical care. So symptom checker. Take the first step and see what could be causing your symptoms and learn about possible next steps. Get started. Then once you subscribe to WebMD Daily, Men's Health, Women's Health. All right. But you, you you click anything and where do you end up? Symptom checker. So this is uh, you know, hypochondria USA. So you got to click, uh, it's for you, for someone else, your male, female, choose one, your age, zip code, email. And this is all information that's needed to market and sell you stuff. This is a marketing website. To go to a marketing website for, you know, serious uh, health information is is, is, is nonsense, it's, it's silliness. So more from WebMD, hemophilia treatment, rheumatoid arthritis basics. Okay? So we, we know about rheumatoid arthritis. We've looked at that in prior shows. I refer you to the modern phase of syphilis, psoriasis, you know what that is, it's intoxication. Multiple sclerosis assessment. But get this, ADHD in children, you know, the only thing worse than ADHD in children is the drugs they take for it. Diabetes diet. I went to medical school, I know that if you follow your doctor's diabetes diet, your diabetes is going to get worse. And then of course they they talk about uh prostate cancer clinical trials. Do you know the best prostate cancer clinical trials show that if you do everything that your doctor tells you, you know, get your nuts cut out and get your prostate removed, you're gonna live six weeks longer? Six friggin' weeks? Yeah, six impotent, miserable weeks longer if you submit to the full prostate cancer therapy. Even the medical industrial complex uh demands that you have a five-year survival. Now, we have to say what's five-year survival because prostate cancer victims have 100% 10-year su- survival without treatment. So we have to look at 20-year survival. But 20-year survival in a 70-year-old man is a bit difficult to, uh, to manage. But these bogus diagnoses like prostate cancer and those of you who doubt that, again, can listen to my radio show, How Prostate Cancer Became a Disease. Um, that's what WebMD is for, is to get you all excited about symptoms that may be totally harmless and get you to submit to invasive, deadly, Testing and therapy. So, let's take a look at this uh, website that feels that uh, WebMD's latest show. Okay, glaring example. Back in 2010, I wrote about how WebMD's free online depression test was rigged in such a way that no matter how you responded, the only answer you could receive was that you were at risk for major depression and should discuss your options with your doctor. That's the whole purpose of the website. Every website. Every doctor, medical industrial complex website. The fake test was sponsored by Eli Lilly, the maker of Cymbalta, and its function was quite clear to get you to inquire about antidepressants sneaky form of direct-to-consumer advertising masquerading as a bona fide consumer aid sparked enough furor to spur Senator Charles Grassley to launch an investigation. After all, no one expects to be directed to seek help, let alone drugs, when you have no symptoms of a problem whatsoever. So let's just stop right there. So they're calling this a fake test that routed basically 100% of those who took it to the you-may-have-depression diagnosis. You know, you may have depression. Uh, Let's look into this and, of course, uh, talk to your doctor. Well, what about the blood tests that doctors do? What about those tests? Do you know that every test your doctor does is rigged? It's rigged. Sorry for the interruption. Um, I guess I got dropped, so every test there will be a recording by the way, and that'll be complete. Every test you take at your doctor's office is rigged. it is rigged that five percent at least five percent of all healthy people will test out in the range of this person's got a disease, right. So if you go for your annual exam and get your usual battery of 50 different screening tests, your chances of having one abnormal value, if you're healthy, is just about 100%. And so this uh, testing, this practice of using tests that are designed to indicate to healthy people that they are actually diseased is a widespread practice throughout the medical industrial complex. And all that WebMD is doing is continuing this practice. This, by the way, is a very sophisticated marketing practice. You give the, the mark, uh, in this case, the patient, the impression that this test is, is, uh, is impartial, that uh, in the event that they're healthy, of course, the test results will all come back showing that they're in perfect health. When, of course, what's really happening is the tests are rigged, so 5% of all healthy people will have an abnormal test result. And then, of course, you have this abnormal test result. And because the patient hasn't been told that the tests are rigged this way, I'm using the word rigged to communicate an idea to you, but let's just say they're designed that way. They're designed to indicate disease in healthy people. So the real purpose of testing then is to convince a healthy person or as many healthy people as possible to submit to more testing and to even submit to drugs, medication, and surgery to investigate the abnormal test results. So this side says that this is sneaky. Well, you might want to think of it as sneaky, but the patient is simply uninformed. And this test on this site was not a fake test. This was the real thing. In fact, do you know that doctors are given little tests? You know, we're supposed to ask the patient five questions and the patient says yes to three of them then he's got, he's at risk for depression. And then, holy hell, the standard of care kicks in. Oops, patient's at risk for depression. I've got to offer him antidepressant. Oh, my God. So... This is just a standard care and standard operating procedure. And to suggest that the test is sneaky is misleading because it suggests that the other medical tests, the x-ray, the MRI, the CBC, the uh, SMA, simultaneous multiphasic profile or analysis, that all these other tests are not sneaky, that all these other tests are valid when actually they're not. One test which people are really hung up on is the X-ray, the X-ray or MRI X-ray, MRI scan. All of these tests that shoot these magical rays through your body and see bones and disease and things. So, what's wrong with those with those tests? What's wrong with those tests? Let's say you've been diagnosed as having a uh, herniated disc. Is if you take All the people who are healthy and have no pain, line them up. These are adults age uh, 40 plus. You're going to find at least a third have a herniated disc. These are folks who have no pain. So to attribute pain to a herniated disc is not reasonable. But no one tells the patient this. And of course, you only x-ray the patients who have pain, right? And so this type of testing is throughout the medical industry. In fact, it is the standard. So this form, and they're calling it sneaky, of direct-to-consumer advertising masquerading as a bona fide consumer aid, again, so when you go to your doctor and he does a blood test or an x-ray, it's the same as this sneaky direct-to-consumer advertising masquerading as a bona fide consumer aid. It's the same thing. But this website, WebMD, sparked enough furor to spur Senator Charles Grassley to launch an investigation. Why would Senator Charles Grassley launch an investigation? I'm sure Senator Charles Grassley is a very good guy, and that is his concern. You know, that would, of course that's a reason to launch an investigation. But why launch an investigation? You launch an investigation to protect the belief of the system. To give people the impression, oh my God, we're so shocked. This is not going on any place else. Why after or we'd be investigating that too? So what it does then is it helps people stay asleep. It helps people to believe that there's a watchdog somewhere. It helps people to believe that this one site, WebMD, is not typical of the medical industrial complex. When actually it is. Yeah, it is. We doctors are given such outrageous checklists it got so bad that, that I just I stopped using them. Because perfectly healthy people, you know, would show up as being, well, sick or deranged. And it was very um, distracting in terms of helping people to heal. So if you have a person who actually does have a problem, and then you do one of these surveys which shows that the real problem is a lack of a pill, then that totally throws you off the scent of trying to figure out what their real problem is. What is their real problem? Maybe the person's real problem is uh, they have difficulty getting up and going to work every day. That is the real problem. The real problem, you know, to put a label on it called depression and giving them an antidepressant might cause them to sleep in even more and still not be able to get up for work. So when you're talking with an actual real-life human being, you have to discuss with them what is their problem. And these surveys uh, cut off that discussion and stop that investigation, which, of course, is what they're designed to do stop that investigation and route things towards taking a pill. So now what they're saying is they're blaming this on Monsanto. And, and Monsanto, I think, has been taking a lot of heat. And this is the plan, of course, to get everyone focused on Monsanto, saying, like, oh my God, Monsanto's a bad guy. And everybody else is a good guy. Yep, your doctor. Good guy. Hospital? Good guy. Everyone else? Good guy. So, Monsanto is operating as the lightning rod, allowing people in their minds to give a free pass to all the other aspects of the medical industrial complex that are equally lethal. So, Monsanto is one of the latest multinational corporate giants to use WebMD's influence to serve its own biased agenda. Okay. Almost every article now swamps a Monsanto-sponsored ad saying it's time for a bigger decision about food, which links to Monsanto's biased take or opinion on soil, water, and honeybee issues with no other contributors to the discussion in sight. Again, you know, as adults, we're all adults here, people can say, oh, yeah, going to WebMD, I see that they, you know, all these ads lead to drugs? Is that really what I want? If that's what you want, hey, go for it. You're in the right place, and you, you'll probably get a lot of drugs. But if it's not what you want, then you can say, yeah, I think I'll, I'll pass on WebMD. Or maybe you'll read WebMD and say, yeah, it sounds interesting, but I don't think I a drug is what I want now. So people are adults. They can make these decisions. The idea that people are, are passive three-year-olds and therefore can't handle a trip to WebMD or can't handle what they might see when they click on a link is is outrageous. It, 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 it's, uh, it's insulting I think. And Not only that, it's ineffective because what it says then is that people can't solve this problem and they can solve this problem. And then calling in poor Senator Charles Rasky, I'm sure he's a busy guy, uh, to deal with an advertising arm of the drug companies is, is outrageous. I mean Senator Grassi should say, well, WebMD is is an advertising arm of the drug companies and the medical industrial complex. What do you expect? Why don't you start your own advertising company if you want to advertise something different? So that's what's going on. WebMD is not, you know, some uh, charitable organization. They 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 work on on advertising money, and as such, you know, their content is, uh, is appropriate to their advertisers, which is fine. Okay, almost every article flaunts a Monsanto fan should, should ad, which is fine. So you can, you can read them or, or not read them. The Rise of Passive Marketing. So according to marketing strategies, advertorial sponsorships are the best way to sell something these days. And that's true, because consumers do not realize they're being sold something. So I think every consumer should realize. Let's go back to the basics. Especially if you're over 40 or over 50, and even now, people remember something called the soap operas. Yeah, soap operas. Soap operas are these uh, drama shows, daytime drama shows. And initially, soap operas were created because there was a need to sell soap. Why was there a need to sell laundry soap? There was a need to sell laundry soap because the manufacturers of laundry soap had done a, a study versus washing clothes with soap and washing clothes with no soap. And what did they find? Soap versus no soap got the clothes just as clean. And said, so, Oh my God, we, we we gotta we gotta turn this around. We can't let we can't let Mrs. Jones or the mothers of the country ever discover this. Now how do you do that? You have a show called a soap opera and all the commercials are for soap. And the storyline however dramatic it may or may not be, basically sell soap. In other words, everyone's wearing clean clothes, and everyone's so happy their clothes are clean, and there's just this value running through the whole soap opera of, you know, clean clothes. And then, of course, you have the commercial saying, this is how you get clean clothes. And so the soap operas were created, people think, for entertainment, when actually they were sold or created to sell soap, to sell a concept that was patently not true which is that you need soap to clean clothes, right? So this is just an extension of that. So now companies are writing information pieces that are simply advertisements. And we even have something called an infomercial, right? Infomercial. It pretends to give information. really The goal, of course, is to have people buy something as a result of receiving the information. And the information, of course, is uh, appropriately slanted. So native advertising is the term, blurs the line between ads and independent content even further. And again, this is a lie in the sense that it supposes that there is independent content. It supposes that the movies that you see, that the TV shows that you see, that the information you get from the government, the information you get from your uh, teachers in K-12 through 12 that's given to your children is not advertising content. It is. All of those things are paid for because they heavy influence in the classroom of advertisers. And so this, this story, the idea that WebMD, something perceived as an information or news thing online, might be a shill for a corporation that pays advertising dollars to it. It's a head-scratcher because the health class that your kids receive, K-12, through all that information is provided for, free of charge, of course, by the medical industrial complex to turn your child into a very good perpetual lifetime consumer of medical care. But It's given to your child under the guise of reliable, educational, unbiased information. When actually it's simply an advertisement. And much of your child's classes are like history. History, instead of being a chronicle of one period of peace followed by another period of peace, followed by another period of peace and happiness and and nations working together, which of course nations work together all the time. You would never know it from a history book. What is What is a history book? It's one war after another war after another war, all about kings and queens. What does it tell your child? Oh, I grow up, I go off to war, I want to fight in one of these wars, make sure I win the war, and make the king and the queen happy. I mean, this is all advertising. This is all programming. So, all around us, we get programming of information. That's of limited utility and all of it designed for us to either purchase something with our hard-earned dollars or, like in the case of school, to literally give our lives. whether to show up at the medical industrial complex sacrificial um, pyre, let's say the operating room or the doctor's office, and take drugs that result in our premature death. And so the information that these kids are getting, say, in health class or even in history class, it's programming these kids to make the ultimate purchase with their lives. So it's programming them to go to war to be killed, to go to the hospital to be killed, to go to the doctor to get a drug to be killed, and be very happy about it and feel like they're making a contribution. And so to suggest that people have somehow a right to so-called unbiased information for free is almost—it's—it's mean, it's, it's shocking that even it, someone would even think of that. When you look at all the program that people pro, program that people get, and and there's, there's there are organizations paying a lot of money, a lot of money to control this content, and of course they're interested in making a return. So there's that bias there. Even in medical school, medical school is interesting. The medical school, they tell us well, half of everything we're teaching you is false. and We know it's false. However, we don't know which half, so we're going to teach you all of it. And so then I said, I asked asked the professor, I said, well, you know, why doesn't the medical school teach more about, and you can fill in the blank. I forgot what it was I was asking about that day. And the professor said to me, actually, I'm looking the professor, this the dean of students. I asked the dean. And the dean said, well, you know, Jennifer, we have meetings all year long deciding what goes in the curriculum and what gets left out of the curriculum and we don't have enough time to put everything in so what that tells you then about medical school is this 50 percent false curriculum there's a lot of work that goes into maintaining that 50 percent false rate in other words There are individuals, there are special interests controlling the medical school curriculum to make sure your doctor gets information that will lead him to make certain purchases on your behalf, of course, and that that information is actually false. And how does that information get in there? Well, I happen to have gone to medical school in 1979 to 83, so I'll give you a little bit of information about that. So I arrived in medical school in 1979. In 1979, medical school curriculum was anatomy, physiology, and um, biology, and pathophysiology, and biochemistry, basic sciences. And then you had one-month blocks where you were in the hospital studying or practicing a certain area of medicine. That was it. That was all of medical school. Made sense to me. I was going to medical school to be a doctor. They have those courses that pertain to treating people. Made sense. So I went away to business school at Warden for about a year. Then I came back, and what did I find? The curriculum had been changed. Now the insurance companies had moved in, and they had put courses in the medical school curriculum. And what those courses say? Your patients can't afford health care. You must take insurance. It's the only way for you to get paid. Again, these are all basically false, right? I mean, anyone who can pay medical insurance premiums can certainly pay out of pocket for health care. Why? Because at best, at best, 85 cents on the dollar of health insurance premiums goes for medical care. And in many states, the government has a waiver where only 65% of your health care premium dollar has to be spent on medical care, which goes to the doctor. And then the doctor, if he takes insurance, which he might, he then has to spend half of what he receives filing claims, maintaining electronic medical records, and complying with a lot of administrative privacy-violating activities in order to get paid. So then we have then, you have a dollar that you're paying, at best, 85 cents on that dollar, Might get to the doctor. And of that 85 cents, at best, half, which would be 42%, is what the doctor is able to spend on the care he provides for you. So you want it to get even scarier. You spend a dollar in health care premiums. 85 cents on that dollar goes to the medical industrial complex. That would be uh, drug companies, doctors, pharmaceutical companies. Hospitals. Okay. The doctor's share of that is at best 20%. And at best, half of that, which is 10%, is what he spends on the care he provides to you. The other half he has to spend on staff to deal with your insurance company. So literally, only $0.10 of your insurance dollar, at most, is going to end up going to your doctor. And then what's he going to do? He's going to turn around... And because of the standard of care, he's going to bill this out to the hospital, the drug companies. And this is what's going to happen to your health care dollar. So if you're able to pay insurance premiums, you're more than able to handle all of your doctor bills. Why? Because your doctor's only getting 10 cents, at the most, 10 cents the dollar. But this information is presented to you, the information to the doctor that the healthy patient can't afford to pay him as part of the curriculum. The curriculum has changed. So now a large portion of the medical school, medical school curriculum is determined by the insurance companies. And this, this started, um, I thought, in 83 as I was leaving medical school. And so the reason half of everything taught in medical school is false at the time it's being cut, they know it's false. And they teach it anyway. It's because the people influencing the information are basically large industrial segments who are paying for advertisement. And what your doctor is really listening to is four years of non-stop advertising. Four years of non-stop advertising. And so This article on a popular health site um, talks about the patients being deceived because they're receiving a marketing message disguised as valid, impartial information. But what it doesn't mention is that this valid information Disguised as marketing is all around us. You watch a movie and a lady goes into labor and her husband puts her in the car and rushes to the hospital. That's propaganda. They could have just sat home and sipped some Kool-Aid or water and waited for the baby to show up. It would be no big deal. And everyone could just uh, you know go to bed, wake up the next morning and go on with their life. But you're not going to see that on a 6 p.m. Uh, you know sitcom or comedy show. Oh, no, 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 no. And so all this propaganda about health, about dependency on the medical industrial complex is weaved into the drama shows and entertainment. It's weaved into um, popular music. It's weaved into entertainment. It's weaved into the 6 o'clock news. So if WebMD is a show for Monsanto, if it is, if you believe it is, and I don't have a position on that, I'm neutral, but then so is the six o'clock news, and so is medical school, and so is residency, and so is you know any entertainment that you may choose to consume. And so the venue where your sponsored editorial adverti- is going, in this case, WebMD, is an affiliate has no input on the content. The advertiser has full control over the text of the informative ad. This is the same way the six o'clock news. When the six o'clock news reports a medical breakthrough, who do you think wrote that segment? Well, the manufacturers of the gizmo with the medical breakthrough is telling you to spend money on You, the advertiser, can control how the information is presented on the page as opposed to having to select a regular display ad format. Absolutely. Just like the six o'clock news. Just like the um, the, the format of... An educational show on TV. Although expensive, the sponsored editorial can be used in multiple publications, just like an infomercial. And so the infomercial uh, format is being used throughout our lives. It's being used in our children's government sponsored education, and even, I'm sad to say, private schools. It's being used um, in the entertainment that people consume. It's being used in news people consume? And so the answer, of course, is to become, heaven forbid, a critical thinker. Companies can reuse a sponsored advertorial as a standalone ad in other places, of course. And this also gives the veneer of of veracity, of truth. Like, oh my God, I saw that in class. I saw it on a 6 o'clock news. And I turned on this movie and it's there too. It must be true. Well, oh, of course, that's not true at all. Not true at all. Those are all paid placements. And so, native advertising blurs the lines between ads and independence. The worst thing about this is that WebMD and its affiliates promote themselves as trustworthy sources for health information. Well, of course, they're trustworthy. That's why their ads work, because they garner trust. And what's trustworthy is definitely a fungible uh, quantity. When you say trustworthy, does that mean that the advertisers paying them can trust them to deliver the customers? Or does it mean that people coming there to get information can trust what it would be to give them a pat answer and a pill? What's trustworthy? I think they are trustworthy. But if the information is being blurred deliberately to sell very specific products and ideas, how trustworthy is that? Well, the answer is it's very trustworthy. You just need to know the bias. That's all. And so now they're they're saying, Montana uses 3rd parties to manipulate GMO content. Of course, of course, of course. And so the big deal here is to understand that WebMD's history is riddled with conflicts of interest. Again, who does WebMD owe its obligation to? If you're reading these stuff, whether whether your kid is going to school and listening to health class, whether you're turning on the 6 o'clock news, Whether you're going to WebMD, you need to realize this message is paid for. It's paid for by an industry. And that industry is the interest that these sources have to uphold. And once you understand that, then you're well-armed. You can choose not to consume the information, or you can consume the information knowing what the bias is. I often advise people to read the information and do exactly the opposite of what it says. Try it out. you probably get better results. So WebMD also has a programming partnership with CBS News. As I said, the news uh, industry is a part of the mix. The two working closely together to create co-branded news segments. However, this partnership is not openly discussed to viewers. And again, this is not a Monsanto thing. This is a medical-industrial complex thing. And not only the programming, but the movies, everything passes through these censors because the information they're selling you is so preposterous that if you saw even two or three pieces of entertainment or music or six o'clock news segments that didn't go along with the standard party line you would immediately wake up and say oh ridiculous of course not of course I'm not going to believe it oh forget that so Uh, Advertisers are not concerned with transparency and full disclosure. Absolutely not. And so you shouldn't expect it. You should realize that what you're reading is pretty biased stuff. And of course, this uh, site wants us to click a button, take action now, maybe get your name on a government list. Who knows? WebMD accreditation promotes false reassurances of truthfulness. Absolutely, the whole industry does. You have a doctor, he's graduated, he has a medical degree. What does it mean? It means that he has consumed a certain amount of pretty high level propaganda and pretty dangerous propaganda too. But the public is is given other uh information that this person is actually especially safe because they've consumed this propaganda and Unfortunately, most people don't have the privilege of sitting through medical school classes and listening closely from a patient perspective. And you realize, wait a minute, this illness that they're giving five different drugs for, two different surgeries, is not improved by any of these maneuvers, but it's a standard of care to employ all seven of them. So, that is the reality, and people need to simply be aware of that reality. And so, WebMD accreditation, promoting false reassurance, is truthless, this is just the rule. This is what the medical industrial complex is all about. And, you know, the more certified your doctor is, the more dangerous he is. And so WebMD is simply uh, engaging in a practice that is happening throughout the medical industry. Key for successful propaganda. And this piece, by the way, is successful propaganda. This piece actually reinforces the confidence in the medical-industrial complex by suggesting that WebMD is an outlier, by suggesting that WebMD is an isolated bad spot that we can all get rid of by clicking the Take Action Now button. And that's not the truth at all. So if you click the Take Action Now button, that means that the propaganda of this article, which appears to bash WebMD while elevating the rest of the medical-industrial complex, Uh, it it means that you fell for it. You fell for it. So the key for successful propaganda is the illusion of independent corroboration. And that's what this article has, the illusion of independent corroboration. So this article itself is propaganda. So the drug, junk food, and biotech industries have deep pockets, so it's no surprise that their adverts would be splashed all over WebMD websites. Excuse me, WebMD website, news shows, curriculum of schools, newspapers. It goes on and on and on. And again, this site is lulling people to sleep with the erroneous concept that this is just a WebMD situation. I'm not even going to call it a problem. But this relationship that WebMD has of being an advertising arm for an industry, that position is shared by a lot of areas that people consider to be trustworthy knowledge sources. And so now they're going to digress and talk about GMOs. This is what you really need to know about GMOs and, uh, you know, on and on and on. So don't you be a victim of this kind of propaganda of these health sites that tell you there's one simple problem and the rest of the medical industrial complex is okay. It is not. Eight hundred eighty thousand people killed every year. One, it's not an accident, and two, it's not the act of one or two rogue doctors, or one or two rogue corporations, or one or two pieces of well placed propaganda. That's just, uh, you know, it's absurd, absolutely absurd. And so you owe it to yourself not to fall for that and not to be, uh, not to be naive. Yeah, you, know, you, you just gotta. Gotta buck up here. So we have nine minutes left. And let's check out questions. Okay. Now, of course, we we have an advertisement. Yes. This show is brought to you by Vitality Capsules. So go to vitalitycapsules.com and uh, check it out. Okay. Let's see what the site says. The records taken now are designed to blur the lines so the system can never be held liable legally. And so no one can ever point clearly, accurately, and defensively to why people are dying. Actually, that's not true. The FDA actually does keep a list of deaths that are reported to them each year as a result of pills that are taken. And this number is climbing every year. It's well over uh, 100,000. Actually, I did a whole show on that. But there are many sources documenting these deaths, whether the deaths are from methicillin resistant uh staff, whether the deaths are from bed sores, whether the deaths are from properly prescribed medications in hospital, whether the deaths are from uh surgeries done that didn't need to be d- need to be performed. There's a whole list of these deaths, and they're very well uh documented and as to the legal issues the issue here is malpractice what needs to happen is malpractice needs to be wiped out needs to be abolished and any time a person dies as a result of medical therapy it needs to be treated like the crime that it is and that's what happens here in panama in panama if a person dies as a result of what a doctor does that doctor actually goes to jail for murder that's it and there are at least 11 doctors right now in this little bitty country of 3 million who are in jail. They're in jail. They're serving time for murder. So the problem is that malpractice is defined as deviating from the standard of care. And it's a standard of care that is responsible for almost 90% of the deaths caused by medical care. And so you have a legal statute that compels the doctor to commit almost nine out of ten of these killings. And these killings, again, this is by statute, by law, these killings are not murder because the doctor is authorized by the government to commit these killings. And so if the doctor were not licensed by the government, if he did not have special permission, then these killings would be prosecuted as a criminal prosecution this is important and we doctors are told this in medical school that you are special because you are licensed when people die as a result of you following the practice the, the standard of care of you doing what you're supposed to do you are not guilty you are not you are immediately in advance exonerated and so, uh, this person says, uh, "Yeah." so, that, is, and doctors are told, if we're given this lecture, I and mean, it's a whole one-hour lecture, it gets repeated, it gets drilled into our heads, you are protected, you have special status. If people die under your care, it is under no circumstances a crime. It is only, one, the standard of care, and they died because they died, and you're doing what you're supposed to, and that's okay, or, you deviate from the standard of care, everybody makes mistakes, the an insurance company will make a payment on your behalf to the survivors. And so at no point, at no point will the doctor be held responsible for the death of a patient. And this is what patients don't understand. But this is what doctors understand. This is what doctors are told again and again and again and again. Because The killing is so much, and it's so frequent, and it's so often. I mean, there are even books. There's a book called Kill as Few Patients as Possible. I mean, come on. What they're saying is, you're a doctor, you're going to kill people. That's okay. Just try and keep the numbers down. Well, that's that's outrageous. And then, the, the, the killing is so frequent, so predictable, uh, so ubiquitous, it means everywhere, that we actually have... The malpractice company, having the doctor show up for three-hour uh, self program lessons about how to treat the patient. And these are billed as how to prevent malpractice. But as a doctor who was licensed, who went and showed up for these classes, I, I looked at them and I said, if I treated my patients like that, I would get sued more often. That doesn't make any sense. That is no way to keep from getting sued. So, the male practice companies are working hand-in-hand hand with the pharmaceutical companies. For example, when I was in practice, this was 19, 1997, because so it was getting really bad in 1997, doctors were getting sued, and they said the number one reason for doctors being sued is side effects of medication. They didn't tell us the side effect being death, of course. The side effects of medication. So to prevent this, you need to discuss these side effects with the patient no one mentioned not prescribing the drugs. Oh, no, oh, no, because what, is, what would that do? That means the malpractice company, which is part of the medical industrial complex, their job is to give false assurance, to give patients a false idea that they actually have recourse when they don't, and that they'll actually be uh, redressed or compensated when they won't. They need to protect the other segments of the, uh, of the cartel. So what's really going on here then is you have a very well-coordinated industry. Each person or each segment playing its part, each segment taking its profits, each segment not stepping on the toes of the other one. (laughs) So... (laughs) Okay. Okay, China's system, yes, chase the doctor down and make them feel like they're being threatened by the mob. That's true. China actually has a system like that where if a doctor um, angers you or harms you, you can actually pay someone to go beat the doctor up. That, that's that's the way they do it. Um, but here in the United States, uh, we are, are civilized. We are civilized. But that's really, really Important is to understand uh, what what is going on here, the false assurances, the uh, the deception. And one way to understand the deception is when you go to the doctor and you don't feel any better. Well, why is that? If all this stuff is scientifically proven, if they check to make sure this stuff works in advance, then then why didn't why didn't what the doctor just gave you? Why didn't it work? Answer, of course. It was designed. uh, Was designed not to. Designed not to. So, how do you prevent this? Answer: The system is so rigged that uh, there really is no way. There's no way of winning. You can't win. So you have to not be involved. Not be involved. So get a get a start and go to vitalitycapsules.com forward slash remedies and get your report on remedies so powerful they could make antibiotics obsolete. Remedies so powerful they could make antibiotics obsolete. That's at com forward slash remedies. Yep, go check it out. As always, think happens. And we'll see you on either Sunday or next Tuesday.